coaching can help you gain deeper understanding of challenges that may be holding you back. You may not realize that there are others who may be successful and operating successful businesses who share some of the same challenges that you are facing. Welcome to Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves. Our program will look into the individuals and their challenges and show how the coaching process may be what they need to find the root causes of these challenges within themselves and learn to work through these challenges in order to find success. Now, here's your host, Ronald Graves. Hello, and welcome to Coaching for Real, brought to you by Poema Leadership Institute, the show that brings you real people, real challenges, and real breakthrough. Again, I'm your host, Ronald Graves, and this show is about you. Coaching for Real is on the Voice America Business Channel to help you discover your masterpiece and live into your greatness. Now, this is the part of the show where I typically introduce the philosophy of coaching, describe how coaching differs from other disciplines, such as teaching, training, mentoring, consulting, and leading, and then describe our show format. But today's episode is a little different. I will not be conducting a coaching session during this show because our guest has so much valuable information to share that I want to spend all of our time focused on that. Now, I may ask some coaching questions during the show, but they will not be in the context of a formal coaching session. We are honored to have Bob Berg as our guest today. Bob is a sought-after speaker at company leadership and sales conferences, sharing the platform with everyone from today's business leaders and broadcast personalities to even a former U.S. president. Bob is the author of a number of books on sales, marketing, and influence, with total book sales of well over a million copies. His book, The Go-Giver, co-authored with John David Mann, has sold over half a million copies and has been translated into 21 languages. It has been released in a new, expanded edition with a foreword by Huffington Post founder and publisher, Ariana Huffington. Bob is an advocate, supporter and defender of the free enterprise system, believing that the amount of money one makes is directly proportional to how many people they serve. He is also an unapologetic animal fanatic and serves on the board of trustees of Furry Friends and Adoption Clinic in his town of Jupiter, Florida. So welcome, Bob. Hey, Ronald, great to be with you. Great. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks. It's a pleasure to have you on our show. Oh, thank you. I'm honored to be with you. Great. So before we talk to Bob, I just want to mention that I'm a graduate of Bob's Go-Giver Sales Academy, and I attended the event this last September. And I can honestly say that my sales philosophy has been awakened based on what I learned in the workshop and I've read in his books. Now, Bob, one of my favorite parts of the event was when you talked about your sales background and how you transitioned from the corporate world to becoming an entrepreneur and an author. Can you briefly share that journey with us? Sure. Well, I started out actually as a um, broadcaster. I was first in, in radio doing sports, and then I was in a uh, I was uh, the uh, newscaster and, and eventually news anchor, late-night news guy for a uh, small ABC affiliate in uh, the Midwest U.S., and 
I was really, uh, you know, a lousy uh, news anchor because I, I was not very newsy. I mean, I, I could read the news, but I, I certainly was not a journalist. I was young. I was 24 and didn't have much understanding of the news or interest in it. So that, that doesn't make for a great uh, uh, combination for a, for a, a, a broadcaster. So I, uh, I soon was not in that business anymore, but I, I graduated into sales. And, you know, it was interesting when I first got into sales because I, I certainly had the motivation to do well, and I had the uh, uh, the attitude of, of wanting to to bring value to, to customers, but I had no idea how to sell. And the, um, the training at the company I was with was negligible at, at best. <laughs> I think I'm being <laughs> kind saying that. And okay. so I, I uh, floundered. For you know, I guess it was a few months, and then I went into a uh, a bookstore, and this is this is more than thirty five years ago now, and this is back in the day when when the, the main feature of a bookstore was actually books as opposed to coffee and and snacks and things like that. But I was in the the business section, and I wasn't even looking for a sa- the sales section because I, I didn't even know one existed. But I this book sort of jumped out at me. Uh, the title was How to Master the Art of Selling which, of course, these days people would know as a classic in the, the genre of sales by Tom Hopkins, great sales trainer. And uh, so, you know, I, I just even looking at the title gave me encouragement, you know, how to master the art of selling. I, I never realized it was an art. I, I didn't realize there was a, a how-to methodology. So I got the book and found it fascinating. I mean, it opened up new worlds for me, and I began to really study it. I mean, I'd come home every night, and I would practice, and I would drill, and I would rehearse, which is what, what Hopkins said to do, practice, drill, and rehearse. And I was a good student, so, so I did what I, was, what I was instructed to do. And really, within a few weeks, my sales began to go through the roof, which, which to me was a big lesson, and it was really the start of something for me, because what it said was, because I knew there was really no significant difference in who I was three weeks earlier and now three weeks after getting the book. But I now had a system for doing this. And personally, I define a system simply as the process of predictably achieving a goal based on a logical and specific set of how-to principles. In other words, if it's been proven that by doing A, you'll get the desired result of B, then you know all you need to do is A and continue to do A, and eventually you'll get the desired result of, of B. And so uh, this is you know this is what really said to me, okay, I I know I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I can follow someone else's directions that has been you know that has been proven to work that's been laid out. So I began to study sales. I became a student of sales and of personal development and uh, because personal development's so important because well as you know because you teach that you're you're a coach and you uh, you know are fantastic with that. You know that it's it it's often uh, the building yourself on the inside first. That's what manifests on the outside. But it's that combination of inside growth and, and external how-to and systems and practices and, and strategies and so forth. So um, from there, my you know, I, I, I ended up being a sales manager of, a, of another company. And eventually, people started asking me to teach their sales staffs what was working for, for me and for my sales team. And uh, eventually, I just went into business doing that. I, I first was a... Uh, a uh, 
I went to a seminar and uh, I had gotten some. There wasn't even CDs back then. It was cassette tape, cassette tape albums. They used to call them. And in the back, the uh, the person said, uh, wrote something like, "If you want to make some part time money selling these cassettes, call our office and we'll show you how to do it." So uh, I did, and they showed me how to go all these different all these different places, doing talks for free, and then selling the uh, the tapes at the end. And I, I think I was one of their top you know distributors in the country or something. But uh, eventually, I sort of just broke out on my own and uh set up shop doing that and and I've been doing that now for for quite a while so it's been a lot of uh, a lot of fun I I love being an entrepreneur I mean as a salesperson anyway you are an entrepreneur I mean because uh, you sink or swim I mean it's basically up to you but um but you know there's nothing like like owning your own business No agree Bob in the in the Go-Giver Sales Academy I really liked the way you dissected the traditional sales process, and then you outlined the go-giver sales process, which is a completely different philosophy. So can you describe the contrast between those two approaches? Yeah, and you know, and here's the thing, Ronald, and I think this is so important. The, the traditional process, when we talk about, and, and we'll do that right now, and, and and as we talk about the individual aspects, it's not that there's anything wrong with the traditional way in that sense. It's, it's the overall kind of framing of the, the salesperson-customer relationship. For, for example, in the, the traditional sales process, it's viewed as a you know sequence of very specific controlled events. Uh, you prospect, you qualify, you present, you overcome objections, you close, you follow up, you provide customer service. Now, if you look at all of those individually, prospect, there's nothing wrong with. Of course, you've got a prospect. It's it's business and sales. Uh, qualify people, yeah, that's fine. You've got to qualify people to see if uh, to see their interest and also if they're qualified, if they're the right person, if they can afford what you have or or what have you. You present, you well overcome objections. I have an issue with that term, overcome objections, because I don't think you can overcome them. You can work within them, but uh, then you know you close, you follow up, you provide customer service. But the whole thing is, if you take it as a whole, it's sort of. Uh, arm's length, if you will. It's it's not confrontational, but it's sort of the the salesperson's there to uh, you know to get something from that other person. Okay, you know you're prospecting, you're you're right. qualifying, you're you're presenting. So in other words, what are you doing? Are you talking? Are you is it blah 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 blah? You know you're overcoming objections. Overcome is to you know convince. Uh, the 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 Latin root of the word uh, convince convincere is to conquer. So when you overcome someone someone's objection, you're conquering them. You're showing that they're wrong. Okay, then you're closing. And and again, there's nothing wrong with closing the sale, but it's it's the whole way in the traditional process. It's sort of the 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 salesperson against the prospect. And most people in sales are good people and they, they they know they want to bring value to people to the relationship. They know they have a great product or service. So they don't want to feel as though it's a confrontation. They don't want to feel as though uh, it's them against the, the prospect. They want to help the prospect. So the go-givers sell more, uh, or we should say the, the go-giver um, uh, process, if you will, 
it just kind of takes a different approach in, in the view of it. And it would go like this. It would be create value, touch people's lives, build networks, be real, stay open. And, and here's what we mean. That, that what we do is we approach the process by looking at, you know, who can we create value for and, and how? Uh, we want to touch people's lives, uh, meaning that we're going to bring this, bring this value to the lives of, of many people. We're going to build networks. In other words, we're going to create relationships, and these relationships are what's going to lead to the, to the sales. We're going to be real. We're going to be ourselves, and we're going to stay open, which means we're also uh, able to receive uh, value as well, because we know that when we create value for another person in the marketplace of business, uh, we have created the um, uh, environment to be able to receive in like measure. Good. Okay. Thanks for that. I like that. Uh, oh, my pleasure. Can we focus on the book itself, The Go-Giver, um, sure. for a minute? It's written as a story. Yeah. Um, so what led you to write you know, this rather compelling story, as, as I call it, as opposed to just a how-to book on sales. Sure. Well, uh, yeah, I, years ago, I had a book out called Endless Referrals, Network Your Everyday Contacts into Sales, and it was written for people who uh, weren't sales but maybe didn't feel comfortable with the process of, of bringing in new business. They, they didn't necessarily feel comfortable with meeting people, with building the, the relationships, what we call the know, like, and trust relationships, which, are, uh, which, which is what really um, helps you to obtain new business as well as, as referrals. And so it was written with that in mind. Well, through the years, I'd read a lot of business parables, uh, Stories such as, uh, I think my first one I ever read was Og Mandino's Greatest Salesman in the World, and then uh, Klassen's uh, Richest Man in Babylon. And uh, it, Back in the late 70s, early 80s, there was the One Minute series by Ken Blanchard and Spencer Johnson, mm-hmm. One Minute Salesperson, One Minute uh, or one minute manager, one minute salesperson, one minute apology, and there's been all these great, uh, lots and lots of great business parables throughout the years. And you can read them. It takes an hour or two hours. You can do it on a flight or or while you're sitting around some afternoon, and you get a really good message from it and and some great takeaways. And with a story, and. You know, there's an old adage that says uh, facts tell, stories sell. But as my my awesome co-author John David Mann says, it's not so much that stories sell, but stories connect. They sort of connect on a, okay. a heart level, from the author's hearts to the reader's hearts, and and at that point, it's so much easier to get the message across and get it accepted. So, uh, I had. I thought I'd love to take the basic message of endless referrals, which is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. Take that basic message and put it into a business parable. So I asked a, a great friend of mine, John David Mann. Now, he was a great friend, but we had never met in person at that time. He was a great huh. friend because he was by uh, the editor-in-chief of a magazine I used to write for. Okay. And uh, he, was a, he was brilliant. 
and uh, he was very much in a, a niche industry as a writer, but those within that niche, they knew how, how great he was. Uh, now he's, he's had so many books he's co-authored that are on the New York Times bestseller list. He's, he's very sought out. But at that time, he wasn't as much so, but he was still very busy. But fortunately, he agreed to do this with me. So we, we came up with the title, The Go-Giver, and, and uh, you know, once... Uh, he agreed to work with this on this with me and be the lead writer. He was really the lead writer, the lead storyteller. Um, it you know it got knocked out in a couple of months and uh, and then with a bunch of revisions and then a, a year's worth of, of I think over twenty five publishers telling us no. Uh, eventually, it, it uh, was accepted by the right publisher at first, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and you know we've had a, a pretty good ride with it ever since. Great. Well, we've, we've come to just a, a short break here in our, our conversation. I've, we're getting close to our first commercial break, so I want to stop here and continue this story on the other side. So when we return, we will continue with Bob where we left off. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. You're listening to Coaching for Real on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Imagine a relationship where you're asked to think rather than being told what to think. A relationship that is focused on your potential, not your performance. This is Coaching, a designed alliance where the single purpose is achieving your intended outcome. Discover that what lies behind you and what lies before you are trivial matters compared to what lies within you. Understand that your current realities do not define your potential. They are merely your current awareness of your potential. Become your own hero. Your greatest possibilities lie beneath your current level of self-awareness, waiting to be discovered. Choose to live into the greatness that God created for you. Discover the magnitude of what's within you so you can conquer the magnitude of what surrounds you. Your coach is passionate about helping you achieve your masterpiece at RonaldGraves.com. Again, that's RonaldGraves.com. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also choose to send an email to ronald at ronaldgraves.com. Now, back to Coaching for Real. Welcome back. We're talking with Bob Berg, co-author of the Go-Giver series. Now, when we broke for commercials, we were talking about the first of Bob's book, The Go-Giver, and which is a story 
um, very compelling. We went through the process of that. And I'm going to ask Bob here, is there, is there one piece of advice in this process, Bob, that you received um, before you knew anything about what the go-giver was or maybe even didn't even know the term go-giver that, that really made the difference? Well, very early in my, in my sales career, um, I had a conversation that really changed everything for me because, uh, um, as mentioned, you know, I, I fortunately, very early in my sales career, within a few months, I, I found a book that really helped me with the, the um, sales knowledge aspect. And, and because of that, I was doing pretty well, and I was, uh, was producing, and I, I knew how to sell. And that was helpful. But at one point, I was working for a company. It was the one I would eventually go on to be sales manager of, but this is when I, I kind of first started with them. And um, I was doing okay, but not not really where I should have been. And I came back one day from a, a non-selling appointment. In other words, the sale did not, did not happen. And I, I was very disappointed because the prospect just didn't Get it? You know, they, they didn't get why the, this product would would have been you know so helpful to them, and it would have been. But but uh, you know, I was I was disappointed. I was angry about that. And and one of the people there, one of the older uh, people there, he was in management. He wasn't even in sales. He was in the engineering department, as as I remember. But he uh, took me aside and he said, "Berg, can I?" give you some advice and and I said yeah sure because fortunately I was I was always open to advice and and he said uh, first you know he said when when the shooter misses the target he said it ain't the target's fault uh in other words what he was saying was it wasn't up to the prospect to get why uh, this product would have been uh beneficial for him it was up to me to communicate that and which I did not, which I did not do effectively, and so I really had no business uh, being mad at the prospect. It was myself. If I was going to be mad at anyone, not that being mad would would have helped, but if I was going to be mad at anyone, it, it would be myself. And of course, you don't communicate um, the value of a product by by talking. You, you do it by asking questions and listening, and then and only then matching up the benefits of your product or service with what you're prospective customer needs, wants, and desires. So that was the first part of it. But what he said next was the game changer for me. He said, Berg, he, he was a last, names, kind of last name kind of guy, <laughs> not, not really a first name. He said, Berg, yeah. if you want to make a lot of money in business, actually he said, if you want to make a lot of money in sales, he said, don't make, uh, don't make the the, don't make money your target. Don't have don't have making money as your target. He said your target is serving others. Now, when you hit the target, he continued, you'll get a reward. That reward, he said, will come in the form of money, and you can do with that money whatever you choose. But never forget, the money is simply the reward for hitting the target. It's not the target itself. Your target is serving others. And to me, that was a game changer. That was a game changer. Because it said to me, you know, if you make the sale about yourself, that other person's going to know it on, on some level. Um, you know, this is why, really, when you think about selling and what selling is, uh, and so many people have a um, 
have a backwards, a, a misperception about selling. They think that selling is, is something you do to someone. We're really selling is something you do for someone. But they, mo- not most, but many people, maybe most, <laughs> think that selling is uh, trying to convince someone to buy something that they don't want or need. Of course, that's not, that's not selling. That's certainly not professional selling. That's called being a thief, trying to convince someone to buy something they don't want or need. Uh, I would define selling as simply discovering what the other person does need, want, or desire and helping them to get it. And when you do that, when your focus is not on the money, but your focus is on providing value to them, that's when they're going to feel good about you. They're going to trust you. They're going to, okay, and that's when the sale is much more likely to happen. This is why, why John David Mann and I often say that money is simply an echo excuse me, money is simply an echo of value. It's the uh, thunder, if you will, to values lightning, which means really nothing more than that the value must come first. So in other words, the focus must be on providing value to the customer. The money you receive is simply a, a very natural and direct result of the value you've provided. Uh, that is outstanding advice um, that you got and. uh, um, that's a great that's a great philosophy. I love that. Well, thank um, you. And you know, it, it, it's interesting because the John and I are often asked, you know, what is the 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 premise of the go giver of the of the story of this of this parable? And what we often say is that uh, is it really it's nothing more than that shifting one's focus. Uh, and this is the key: shifting one's focus from from getting to giving. And in this case, when we say giving, we mean constantly and consistently providing value to others. And that doing so is not only a, a nice way to, to to do business; it's a very financially profitable way as well. But it's so much more profitable to be focused on the giving as opposed to be focused on the getting. You know, as I listen to you explain this and talk about it. It, it, it's almost as if I, as a salesperson, you know, myself or as many people in the audience who are sales, it's almost as if you've lifted a burden off of our shoulders. It's almost like this big, you know, whatever this big pressure is that we have to to sell something, now all of a sudden becomes more relationship-based or more yeah. easier. It just more naturally flow the way we're kind of wired. Well, I think, and you make a a great point, Ronald, and I think one reason why the book really took off is because people wanted to believe that you could do business that way. Um, They weren't necessarily taught that. Now, some people did teach that. And remember, the, 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 the successful salespeople have always done business like this. They were doing it like this long before they heard of The Go-Giver or read The Go-Giver, okay? But most people didn't necessarily know about that. And they came into sales, and there was a lot of the old school, it's, you know, uh, you know, just like when you hear the one who speaks, uh, you know, when you ask for the order, shut up, because the one who speaks first loses. Now, there's something too, you know, maybe the one who speaks first has a question or, or whatever, but what, but loses, why would they lose? Uh, you know, why would uh, if the salesperson wins, the prospect should win? You know, yes. I mean, if the prospect Definitely. wins, the salesperson should win. I mean, it should. Yeah. You know, when you talk about a win-win, while that sounds trite, uh, 
sales is all about win-win. In fact, I, I, one of my uh, great mentors, Harry Brown, used to say, in a, in a free market-based economy, and when I say free market, I simply mean that no one is forced to uh, do business with anyone else. People do business with each other on their own volition. In, a, in what he said was in a free market-based economy, um, with every sale, there are always two profits, the buyer profits and the seller profits, because each one of them, the buyer and the seller, come away from the transaction better off than they were before the transaction. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, people want to believe that that's selling, and it is, and that and that's why I think it's it's uh, the book's been successful because it's allowed people to 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 do what their heart told them is the right way to sell. Great, love that. Can you go into a little more detail now? That we're kind of kind of deep into the book uh, itself. Can you can you talk about? kind of the book's basis, the five laws of stratospheric success sure. um, that you and John share in that book. Yeah, well, you know, what we begin with, the foundational principle, if you will, is the law of value, which simply says that your true worth in the business sense, your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. Now, when you first hear this, it sounds a bit counterintuitive, give more in value than I take in payment. Uh, isn't that a recipe for bankruptcy, right? How do I get more in value than I take in payment and, and survive in my business, never mind thrive? Uh, and so uh, to understand this, we simply have to understand the difference between price and value. Uh, price is a dollar figure. It's, it's uh, a dollar amount. It's finite. It, it simply is what it is. Value, on the other hand, is the relative worth or desirability of something, of a thing, to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this, this thing, this product, service, concept, idea, what have you, that brings so much worth or value to someone that they will willingly, again, b- being free market, they will willingly exchange their money for this and be glad, be ecstatic that they, they did. Um, in, in the uh, book, we use the uh, the example of Iafrate's Italian Cafe, uh, that as Joe, the protege in the in the story, uh, called it a a high end restaurant in a swanky part of the city. So when someone goes there, they're gonna you know they're gonna pay a pretty penny for uh, for the experience. But what they get from it, what they receive from it, is so much more than what they they pay uh, from the minute they they um, are greeted at the door to when they're walked over to Sal the major d who who seats them as a VIP at their table to where the wait staff is there uh, to take their order and make them feel at home and the wait staff knows just how to uh, be attentive at the right time but at other times sort of just let them alone in order to enjoy their meal uh, the food not only tastes great but it is just presented so beautifully in the the whole ambiance and the atmosphere and how great you feel when when you leave and you know you may have come away spending a hundred fifty two hundred dollars for the meal but you come away feeling like a million bucks well you received a lot more in value than what you paid uh, so you feel great about it meanwhile with Ernesto Iafrate the restaurant owner uh, certainly the 
the money he charges for the food is, is you know, his uh, expenses, uh, the cost of goods sold, the uh, maintaining the restaurant, the building the whole bit is is a lot less than what he charges. So he profits as well. Again, there are two profits. But the big thing is that the seller, in this case, the restaurateur, the seller needs to make sure that he gives a lot more in value or use value than than what he receives in payment. Okay. Great. Um, now, law number two is just yes. you know that that's just about how how many people you serve. So uh, the law that's the law of compensation. It says your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So. Uh, where law number one says to give more in value than you take in payment, law number two tells us that the more people whose lives you touch with this exceptional value, the more money with which you'll be rewarded. So uh, it's not enough for Iafrate to have one really, really happy customer, right? Uh, that's great in and of itself, but that's not enough for him to, to make a, a really good income. Uh, law number two talks about impact. So law number one is your potential income, the law of value. Law number two is your actual income. Uh, It's the impact you're making. How many lives are you impacting with this value? And of course, in the story, uh, Joe knew that there was a a waiting line to get in. The place was always packed. So (laughs) Iafrate not only was giving fantastic value uh, in in terms of uh, what he charged, but he was also serving a lot of people, and because of that, the restaurant was very, very profitable. You you mentioned something in law number one when you're talking about um, the law of value that that you know if I give more value than what I charge, I, I'm going to go broke. But in, in law number two, you you sort of answered that that statement by you do it by you know more touching more people. Well, right, but with law number one, you're still making a profit. You're giving more in value than you take in payment, but you're still making a profit. A big profit, because in other words, um, the person who who you know who pays a couple of hundred fifty dollars to eat at Iafrate's restaurant, they feel you know that the experience to them is worth much more than one hundred and fifty dollars. But remember, okay. Iafrate's costs are a lot less than the one hundred and fifty dollars he's charging. So you're okay. you're. So you're giving more in what we call use value to that person, but of course you're not giving more in cash value. You'd go broke. <laughs> right. And. True. Uh, yeah. So, so no. You, you, there, there should always be two profits. Uh, the, 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 the buyer should profit because they got more for their money than you know in their mind. And this is why we say, by the way, that value is always in the eyes of the beholder. Uh, because remember, if the person did not, if the person did not enjoy their experience at the restaurant, it wouldn't have been profitable for them, and they wouldn't come back, sure. and they wouldn't tell others good things about it. Excellent. So we got about three minutes till our next break. Can you can you talk to us a little bit about in that time about the uh, the third law? Yeah, yeah, that's the law of influence, and this simply says that your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. Which, yeah, again, sounds counterintuitive when you first hear it, uh, but when you think about it, the greatest leaders, top influencers. Uh, 
the most profitable salespeople. This is simply how they, they run their lives and conduct their businesses. They're always looking for ways to, to do well by others, to, to, to place other people's interests first. Um, this, of course, does not mean that they're anyone's doormat or that they're a martyr or that they're self-sacrificial. Not at all. It, it simply means that, as, as several of the mentors told Joe in the story, the golden rule of business is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. Well, you know, Ronald, and you know this, of course, uh, there's, there's simply no, no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit these feelings toward you from others than by really uh, genuinely what we call moving from an I-focus or me-focus to an other focus, looking for ways to, as Sam, one of the mentors in the story, told Joe, to make your win all about the other person's win. And as you do this, and you do this constantly, and you do this consistently, and you develop the reputation as doing this, you're planting so many seeds of goodwill, of great will. You've got so many people who know, like, and trust you, who really want to be your army of personal walking ambassadors, that the world has now become a very benevolent context for your success. Great, great. All right, we've got two more laws to go, and I will um, get to those. We'll get to those after the break. Um, for now, we are getting to our next and last commercial break. So stay tuned. We will be back in a couple of minutes. We'll talk about laws four and five and a few other things with Bob. You are listening to Coaching for Real on the Voice America Business Network. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Imagine a relationship where you're asked to think rather than being told what to think. A relationship that is focused on your potential, not your performance. This is coaching, a designed alliance where the single purpose is achieving your intended outcome. Discover that what lies behind you and what lies before you are trivial matters compared to what lies within you. Understand that your current realities do not define your potential. They are merely your current awareness of your potential. Become your own hero. Your greatest possibilities lie beneath your current level of self-awareness, waiting to be discovered. Choose to live into the greatness that God created for you. Discover the magnitude of what's within you so you can conquer the magnitude of what surrounds you. Your coach is passionate about helping you achieve your masterpiece at RonaldGraves.com. Again, that's RonaldGraves.com. If you are in the sales field or maybe don't even know that you are, you need a plan to be successful. Every day we are engaged in business and don't even realize that it all comes down to sales. We all have something to say and need to motivate others to the same way of thinking. Sales Execution Optimization, the new SEO, is the show that gets you thinking and speaking whatever the product or service. Host Bill Bush will give you the tips you need to succeed. Listen every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. This is Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also choose to send an email to Ronald at RonaldGraves.com. Now, back to Coaching for Real. Welcome back. We're talking today with Bob Berg, co-author of the Go-Giver series. Now, before we took our commercial break, Bob covered three of his five laws of stratospheric success. The law of value, the law of compensation, and the law of influence. So I'm going to ask Bob now if you'll uh, move on to law four and uh, talk about the law of authenticity, Bob. Yeah, uh, the law of authenticity says that the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. Uh, In the story, Deborah Davenport, one of the characters, one of the mentors, shared a, a lesson that she learned in her sales career that... All the skills in the world, the uh, the sales skills, the technical skills, the people skills, uh, as important as, as they all are, and they, they are all are very, very important. Uh, I don't want to diminish them in any any way whatsoever. They're all important. But, you know, they're, they're also all for naught if you don't come at it from your true, authentic core. Um, when you when you do when you show up as you we we like to say when you show up as yourself and you do so consistently day after day week after week month after month people feel very comfortable with you people feel good about you people know like and trust you people are much more uh anxious to be in a uh in a relationship with you to do business with you to refer you to others so it it's really good business, not just good life, but good business to to show up authentically, which sort of brings up the question, if that's true, why do so many people not show up that way? And uh, I think the default answer a lot of time is, well, because people just aren't honest, or people this, or they're trying to pull one over on us. And of course, it's a big world. There are many people out there, so and there are some of those as well, so we always have to be aware of that. But I don't think that's usually the case. I think most of the time when we see someone who really doesn't show up authentically, it's because they don't have the self-confidence to do so. They, they okay. truly don't recognize their authentic value. And let's face it, it's difficult to show up authentically when you don't feel that you have something uh, authentically worthwhile to show up for. And this is why it's so very important for people to to get coaching. That's why, you know, what you do provides such a service. Because one of the big yes. things is is understanding the, the market value that we bring to the table. Uh, I define market value as that combination of strengths, traits, talents, and characteristics that allows a person to add value to the marketplace in such a way that they will be financially rewarded for that. Which sounds simple enough, except for the fact, Ronald, that as human beings, we are 
we are all very emotionally involved with ourselves. <laughs> we are, we're too True. close to ourselves, so we can't necessarily see those strengths and see how special they are. We, we may know that we have some skills, whether they're innate or, or, or that we worked on it and put that, that 10,000 hours of deliberate practice into it. It's probably a combination of both. But even so, to us, because it's, it's simply the world we live in, we don't necessarily always grasp the fact that it is special and yes. that there is great value to it. And that's why you see so many people underprice themselves, right? Or they, they sell themselves too, too short they, uh, and, and so forth. And so, uh, you know, one part of authenticity is understanding our strengths. Now, we also have to understand our weaknesses, absolutely. We need to understand our weaknesses. And some of those weaknesses we can, we can kind of ignore. Uh, you know, like with me, I would say that, you know, I'm, I am not good at running long distances. That is a weakness of mine. But since I'm 58 years old and have absolutely no desire to run a marathon, that is a weakness that I can pretty much ignore. Okay. There are some weak, you know, there are some weaknesses we need to mitigate and, and watch, be careful of. And there are some weaknesses that we really need to turn into a strength. So we need to be aware of our weaknesses, but we want to lead with our strengths. And in order to do that, we have to really understand those strengths, which sometimes is, is the reason why we need to have a coach there that can, that can help us, you know, who can, that can help us really uh, see that. So I thank you for all the, all the work you do. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. All right, let's talk about law number five. Yeah, this is the uh, law of receptivity. And the law of receptivity says that the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. Uh, near the end of the story, the uh, main mentor, Pindar, asked Joe, the protege, to breathe out and hold that outgoing breath to the count of 30. And Joe tried, but of course, within, you know, 10 seconds or so, he was gasping for air. He was struggling to breathe. And Pindar jokingly said, you know, what's the matter? Joe can't do it. And, and Joe said, no, I, I can't just breathe out. I've, I've got to breathe in as well. And Pindar, you know, Pindar jokingly said, well, you know, Joe, what if I was to, to uh, tell you that it, it's been medically proven that it's actually healthier to breathe out than it is to breathe in? And Joe just laughed because, of course, that's impossible, right? I mean, you've got to do both. You can't just breathe out. You can't just breathe in. You breathe out and you breathe in. And such is the same with giving and receiving. Because of the many negative messages that the world gives us about money, about abundance, about prosperity, about business, and so forth, uh, you know, it can really get into people's heads. And, and uh, we all operate out of our own unconscious operating systems, or, or what I call belief systems. Uh, this, these belief systems are a combination of upbringing, environment, schooling, news media, television shows, movies, and so much of this, again, provides a real negative message about about money. And so, you know, we can, we can live unconsciously thinking that, you know, money is a bad thing or anyone who makes a lot of money had to do something wrong to get it or uh, they built their business on the backs of their employee, you know, all this, this, this nonsense. Um, and so, really, the law of receptivity says, yes, you focus on the giving of value. But just as importantly is to breathe in, to allow that receiving, 
So you know that so long as you focused on providing value to others, you've earned the right, not the entitlement, but the right to receive. Again, because money is simply an echo of value. And you've got to be able to receive that in order for it to, uh, to come to you. Good. Great. Um, you talked in the, um, the class about the difference between being a go-giver and giving things away. Now, you, right. you, know, you know, giving your stuff, giving your services and your products away for free is not being a go-giver. Can you, right. you kind of clear yeah. that up for us? If you could? <laughs> well, that's a, that's a great question because I think a lot of times before people read the book, they'll, they'll see the title, The Go-Giver. So they naturally, because as human beings, we make decisions based on very limited information. So they see a title like The Go-Giver and they think, well, uh, it must be about just you know giving your products away or giving your services away or go givers don't care about making a profit and of course none of that is true. Uh, go givers tend to make a very a much larger profit than most others because a go giver is focused on providing value. They're, they they typically sell from the viewpoint of value as opposed to price. When you when you operate a business. Uh, based on on price and i always say that you know unless your last name is walmart uh trying to make low price your unique selling proposition is is not a is not a productive way to run a business um when you try to sell on price you know when you sell on price you are a commodity in the other person's mind when you sell on value you're a resource so a go giver tends to be much more focused not on low price but on communicating high value to their uh, to their uh, prospective customers and clients. Okay, thank you for that answer. That was great. Now, the, uh, you know everything you say is is fantastic. Everything you say, uh, you know, is really interesting, very motivational and positive. Uh, but you. one thing that that I that you need to clear up for me here is that you know. It, if you're going to build relationships with people who are going to, you know, know and like and trust you, that's going to take a little bit of time. So isn't this process, you know, going to be more time consuming to get to that level with someone than just going out and doing the old traditional hard sell and, you know, selling on price or selling on product and not mm-hmm. building that relationship? Sure. Well, you know, it's. It's interesting, and I love the question because uh, you know, again, it's it's based on that the sort of the the older paradigm, if you will, about what what selling is. And so a person might say, well, yeah, you know, I mean, I I like the idea of this go giver stuff. You know, focus on the other person. That's great when you've already got the money, right? And you don't really need it. But yeah, I mean, I need to be making some money right now. I need to be making mm-hmm. some sales right now. And and so you know, I would say let's. Let's look at both examples and see how they would play out. And I would say, you know, let's say you are the prospect, the prospective customer, and I'm the salesperson. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm going to do a presentation for you. I'm going to be sharing with you about my product or service, what have you. And let's say I'm the, the, you know, the first example, that, that person who just is going to be focused on the money. And, you know, as much as I, I might be a nice person and, and, and so forth, you can tell pretty much that my goal is a transfer of wealth from your pocket to mine. Okay. Uh, you know, maybe I ask questions, but I'm not really listening to understand. I'm listening so that I can kind of angle you into a close. Uh, you know, I, I know my stuff, but 
you know, uh, I'm, I'm always closing, going for the money, and I'm, you can tell I am focused on the money, basically, is what it comes down to. And, and okay. we can usually tell, okay. Uh, okay, on uh, whether it's on a conscious level or, or an unconscious level. Mm-hmm. And my question would be, are you more likely or less likely to buy from me? And less. Yeah, for most people, it would be less Definitely. likely, right? Because you're not buying because I need the money. You're going to buy because you feel it's in your best interest to do so. And right. if someone is uh, comes across to you like they're more interested in your money than in, in pleasing you, the chances are you're not going to have the kind of trust for them that would, uh, that would justify you exchanging your money for the product. Now, let's, let's take the other situation. And again, I need the money just as badly for you know if we're gonna you know go from that uh, from that premise. But this presentation is different because you can tell that my interest is in bringing value to you. Um, I ask questions so that I can understand your situation. I'm discovering. I'm asking you questions in order to discover what it is that you need, what you want what you desire. And it's only after I have a total understanding of that that I then match the benefits of my product or service with what you need, what you want, what you desire. Everything about the presentation, you can tell my focus is on bringing value to you. Are you more likely or less likely to buy from me? I'm much more likely. Sure. So, you know, I would say that that first of all, you know, anyone who says, "Well, but I need the money now." Well, remember, the only way they're going to do that they're not they're not going to buy from you because you need the money. <laughs> they're not going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet. And you know what, Ronald? They're not even going to buy from you because you're a really nice person <laughs> who who believes that that the product can help you. They're only going to buy from you because they feel that they are better off by doing so than by not doing so. And 99 times out of 100, that's only going to happen because you have focused enough on them to give them the feeling that they can trust you and that it's going to be in their best interest. It's going to help them. It's going to bring them closer to happiness, however they define happiness, by buying from you. Outstanding. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced. <laughs> so, Bob, we, we, we're coming to the close of our show now. How can our listeners contact you and and purchase, you know, your Go-Giver series or any of your other books? Yeah, you know, probably the best thing to do is just to go to thegogiver.com, uh, right. without the hyphen in this case, thegogiver.com, and they can, uh, when they get on the page, they can scroll down, they'll see our um, the Go-Giver uh, podcast if they'd like. They can um, join the Go-Giver, um, the Go-Giver Way movement, and they can also scroll down and uh, get a free chapter of, of any of my books to see okay. if they like them, and then they can always uh, click through to uh, purchase them on Amazon. Excellent. Thank you, Bob, very much. Oh, my it's been pleasure. a sincere pleasure having you on the show. I thank oh, the you. pleasure has been mine, Ronald. I, again, right. I love the work you're doing. All right. Thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in to Coaching for Real. Uh, May the Lord bless and keep you until we meet again, and we'll see you again back here next week. Goodbye.
Thank you for listening to Coaching for Real today. Be sure to join Ronald Graves again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk again very soon. 